0: All right. All right. All right. All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. Season two, episode two of the Think Forward podcast. I am your host, Abel Janelle, executive director, one of the founders of Project Think Forward, and I am here with a very special guest today. Uh, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Sure. My name is Jorge Alberto Valladares. You didn't want to try that I out, didn't right? want to try your last name. That's why I did not do it. That's why Yeah, you people call me Jorge. Me well cl- clients call me Jorge those that are in counseling with me and um I teach at a college I'm a professor of psychology at Valencia and when students can't manage my last name they just call me professor V so Valladares is how you pronounce it and um yeah that's 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 my full-time job uh um I've been at Valencia 10 years total um and have been teaching for the uh psychology full-time for the last 5 years nice and I think you know one of the things that uh I really appreciate about that job. I teach uh, foundational level psychology courses, and there's one course I teach that really is uh, is an exciting one each semester: uh, human sexuality. And I think today we're together to talk about relationships. Exactly. Right? And so um, I'm learning a lot from teaching. You know, when you teach, you learn a lot. I'm learning a lot about relationships. Yes, in that
0: course, definitely. Yeah, and I mean, we're
1: we're gonna definitely get into that here very
0: soon. I just I just didn't want to say your last name, so you caught me there on that one. But um, yeah. So we do have Jorge here again. Yes, we have another male on the podcast. You guys know how very forward and upfront I am about having males on the podcast, especially when they're in the same field that we're kind of working with when it comes to mental health therapy, all that stuff, because there's just not too many men in this field. So uh, any chance that I get to work with them or, you know, even have them with the foundation, I always try to make sure that we do because obviously I'm trying to change that narrative and we're trying to change that whole image of it's only women that either go to therapy or that, you know, teach therapy or all those different things. So um, so you said Valencia just a little bit to kind of backpedal Valencia for 10 years, right? And you were uh, teaching there for 10 years.
1: I, I've been there 10 years, and I, I've been a full-time professor five years. Okay. Yeah.
0: So before you were part-time, and I mean, you don't even look a day over 25, so. <laughs> thank I, you.
1: I, I'm really, 44. Seriously?
0: Yeah, man. Oh, dude, I, I didn't peg you for nowhere near, th- if <laughs> I had to really say like 31, 32, but <laughs> not nah, nah, 44. Oh, thank you. You look really good. Really good for your age, man. Thank well, you. Nah. But uh, yeah, it's so we marriage. are. Yeah, it's marriage.
1: Okay, so he's it's, he's it's, tying it's, them all in. That's it. Super yeah. early. It's a good, a good relationship.
0: I like that. I like that. Uh, he he does have his coffee here. Is that your mm-hmm. second cup of coffee today? Your first nah, one? No,
1: it's my second cup. Okay. I'm Latino, man. I'm, it, that's know, what i am I'm falling behind. This is my, <laughs> yeah, this so my second.
0: The reason why I ask is because uh, last week we had Shay on our first episode for our season two, and uh, he was talking about just, you know, uh, coffee and also just things that we kind of do as a, a routine. Um, and he was talking about coffee. He's like, it doesn't matter what it is, where it is, how it is. It's got to be coffee. I, I got to have my coffee. <laughs> so that's why I was just like, oh. Good, good, to see. that—that's how I am when it comes to tea. Um, I've—I've I've never been big on caffeine or anything that sort. But I just I, I do love tea, so that's one thing that I make sure I have in the morning and in the night there. But uh, yeah. So season two, episode two, as you can already kind of see, Jorge kind of gave us a little brief uh entrance. We are talking about relationships now. We're not really diving into one specific thing, obviously. If the topic kind of goes that way, then for sure. But we're just wholeheartedly talking about relationships, two people. Maybe be, two, maybe two. Okay, okay, nice. Yeah, I like yeah. that. So maybe two, maybe more. Um, so if you had to kind of break it down, because again, we're gonna start very, very general, and then we're just kind of, kind of go like peel back the layers there. Um, relationships. If you want to kind of talk about a little bit what you maybe teach, and then we can kind of dive in from there when it comes to
1: sure being sure. together and, um, the course itself, like the human sexuality course, um, focuses on. Us as uh, sexual beings, you know, and that can include um, our own development, right? It's not just about um, our se- our sexual behavior or sexual interact interactions, partnered, you know, or otherwise, um, but it's our our self as sexual individuals talking about uh, gender, gender identity, sex, sexual development, um, and then relationships and however we define them, right? Whether they're monogamous um, or or non-monogamous, which is possible as well. Um, The course covers uh, in great detail sexual behavior, sexual biology, um, reproduction, um, the decision process of whether or not um, to have children. Um, There's there's so much in it. The law, um, uh, sexuality and culture, sexuality across history, it's a pretty it's a pretty Yeah, it sounds course. super
0: I mean even a little bit deeper than I was even thinking about taking it, but I actually I'm I'm glad that you kind of went that route there. Uh and you and you mentioned cuz I first said you know uh relationship with between two people but you are you know maybe um in this day and age and we're kind of seeing with like Gen Z and the millennials and just kind of as like the years go on uh things are kind of just there's no quote unquote norm nowadays, right? So um, are you seeing even maybe in your counseling where it's just like people might come in with a relationship topic and it might not be a one in one person. It could be a one in two or like a one in three or sure. things of that sort. And I mean, I guess, how would you even kind of break down? Because obviously the normal that we're used to is a Monography. person. Yeah. It's just like a, a monogamous two relationship. Right, right, right. Sure. Uh, and I even had did some research uh, maybe like a year ago when that first thing came out uh, when we we're talking about Will Smith and Jaden Smith and all that stuff and that whole family. Yeah. But the uh, daughter had, and it was something that actually kind of in, in, in intrigued me was that she was talking about um, non monogamy, but that she had a partner for like sexual and then one who was a actual girlfriend, one who was a boyfriend. So it wasn't that we had three or four partners and we were all doing the same thing, but each partner had a certain role. You know what I mean? Uh, And that was something that I was, I was trying to learn some more information on. I mean, not for self, but just because there's a whole community out there and it's very intriguing where they'll say, I have a wife and I have a girlfriend, you know, and there's just certain breakdowns and just different things. And and, in my head, I'm just like, man, I have a hard time managing my, like my, one girlfriend, but it's, you know, when they're breaking these different roles and, you know, she was saying, this person speaks to me in this way, this person speaks to me in this way. So I was just kind of saying, and to kind of come back to that, um, have you seen it more kind of frequently in your work now versus obviously 10 years ago? Because is it coming more of a common thing or? You know,
1: I, so I don't know. I, I, I think that there's, you know, culture changes over time, right. you know, and one of the things that we're definitely seeing. Is um, almost like a renegotiation of uh, of our sexual identities, our gender identities, and and creating space for different ways of being. Right. And I have to tell you, I for me, um, I'm I'm uh, <laughs> I'm mono- I'm monogamous. I've right. been I've been with my wife. My wife was my girlfriend when I was twelve, wow. and we just kind of stayed together. We're just you know. So monogamy is the life that I that I chose. It's the relationship that I chose. And I continue to choose, you know, and and I'm a I'm a heterosexual man. I'm monogamous. I'm cisgendered. um, And that's just been my life. What I'm learning to do, what I've what I continually learn to do is make space for people who make who live in ways that are different from me. People who have their needs met in different ways, people who who ident- look at themselves or feel a way that's different than the way that I feel, I think more of that is happening. Where more of us are just making space for other ways of being. Right. You know, it's I don't nonsense. need, yeah, I don't, I don't, need you able to be monogamous like me. I don't have a need for that. I don't need you to be heterosexual like me. I don't, I don't have a need for that. I, I, I'm, I'm here to listen to how you feel. Um, you, you can best express yourself, how, be- how you can best get your needs met for affection and companionship. Cause that's a need that we have, right. you know, we need, we need food and water and air, and we also need touch and affection that those are important things, um, for us to have. And whatever way you decide you need to get that, right. whatever your method is, as long as you have consent and you're not being coercive and you're not injuring someone, um, I think as long as some of those conditions are met. Definitely. Um, I'm okay with making some space for the way that you decide you get your relationship needs met.
0: And I actually think that, I mean, you just kind of touched on a very great topic because, uh, you know, we were talking about your age and you are obviously you're a Spanish male. You're you're a 44. So you're not, you know, obviously of this uh, age bracket that we're where there's kind of trying different things all new things. So for you to say. Cause I mean, obviously 40 years ago, what you're, what you're talking about was almost frowned upon, you know, oh, and, yeah. and it wasn't talked about in the family household. So nah. how you said, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I've, I've been with my wife for X amount of years. This is my life. I'm heterosexual, but 40 years ago, that's all that was even talked about. Right. That, no. That's all that was even kind yeah. of like, not to say that, that that was the, the standard, but that's what you were kind of raised upon. Right. Like yeah. that's what, what that's what it was.
1: Yeah, there, there was, a, you know, I, I grew up in Brooklyn. Oh, okay, uh, so there we go. Yeah, <laughs> I, I grew up in Brooklyn until I was 24. Um, we, You know, it was a poor Latino neighborhood, right. you know. And if you were a guy in my neighborhood and you did anything... That even remotely resembled femininity, right? You were gay. Yep. Can I curse on here? Definitely. You right. were a pussy. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You were gay. You were a pussy, and that heaven forbid you did anything like that, you know. And I, you know, for a long time in my life, I never even questioned that. Like, oh no, I better not. I, I better not wear any pink. I better exactly. not. Heaven forbid I exactly. wear yellow. I, I don't want to be caught dead with that because then I'll be all those bad things. And it it, it took me a while to question some of that, you know, and to make you know why, why.
0: why? And that's that's even a better point because obviously you're now here at this day and age now where you're obviously talking to different people and you're you know you, you're sitting down with many different races of life, different cultures, so many different just walks of life, right? So where you have to not even have to, but you're trying to be as open minded as possible. Whereas there's a, a lot of people. I mean, I, I'll tell you, fathers, grandfathers who are your age, you know, older than us, that it's a one track mind. This is a this is how it should be. This is how. It's been, and this actually even goes back to a to a topic that we spoke about um, with a uh, generational trauma, and these are things that it, that it, it even kind of stems from. Where it's not that when we were born we had, we had that we had a problem with somebody who maybe was you know trying to live a different way or things of that sort, but this is what we were taught. So when I'm older and now I maybe going to a college in a different city or maybe I'm you know hanging out with a different background and I see certain things, I'm like, this is wrong yeah and they, you know and and i'm frowning on this because that's what my you know that's what so and so taught me that's what my was, you know, they, they all those things so that's even why when you see now you'll see you know grandparents just making that face sometimes yeah. for the most part when it has to do with their niece or nephew or their you know grandparents and they're just like what is it that they're doing not that they're not aware they just don't know like and they, that's not how they were taught or you know things yeah. like that so i mean for us to kind of continue to kind of move and bridge the gap and make those changes as in obviously our generation, you know, mine being of, you know, 25 and under, but even yours, I think it's an even bigger step when you're at that age because you're like, Hey, listen, you know what? This is how we were taught, but this is not necessarily the right way. And we could make room and make obviously make time for the convo and say, Hey, you know what? And I like how you touched on those three things, you know, consent, no coercion, um, and I those are like the two guidelines that you kind of stuck with, but abuse, yeah, abuse. Don't, don't yeah, abuse, abuse. So, yeah. I, and I mean, I feel like those are the three, and I mean, maybe I don't think that we're missing, but those are the three main things. Obviously, as long as you're in these three stipulations, if you do whatever you want to do, as long as it's not crossing, you know, X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's how I kind of feel. Is I mean, that we're kind of going there, and we also had a conversation. Uh, a few months ago about the uh, LGBTQIA plus committee. You know, I remember when I was younger, it was just LGBTQ. Right. But I had a whole introduction. And again, my whole thing is kind of how you said, I want to learn. You know, if if there is new things again, I I might be privy. I I might not be an expert, but I'm aware of terminology and, you know, I'm aware of binary, you know, just different verbiage that that we're trying to use now. And we're trying to make a custom. And we're just saying, hey, you know what? There's room for male and female. There's also room for this, 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 and this. For sure. Yeah. Add them on. Bring them in.
1: Yeah. And the best part about that is that uh, you're not insecure in your, in your ignorance about it. Oh, yeah. No. It. You
0: know, it's Definitely not. Uh,
1: teach me something. I'm, And, you know, I, I said to you that it, being in this, you know, teaching this course is a learning for me. Is a learning process. Right. I mean, you could call me the teacher, but I'm really just. I'm really there learning stuff all the time, um, both in the classroom and in the counseling space, you know, clients teach me stuff all the time and I'm not uncomfortable in that ignorance. I'm not uncomfortable, not knowing I'm, I'm open to being taught. I love, I love being taught new stuff. Exactly. And you know, as long as you have the ability to make space, I think some people, I, I think, and, and it's, it's natural for us to try to preserve, what our cultural group did, the way right. that we grew up, the, right. th- the way that we understand the world. We need, as humans, we need a set of principles right. upon which to operate. Yeah, you know,
0: the guidelines, and, of, like things that we're just. This is what we do. This is yeah. how we do it. This is. We need that. That's
1: right. really important. That 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 we have. Um, you know, uh, depends on what lens we're taking. If we're taking like a cognitive lens, it's important that we have a schema for the way the world operates. We need to know how things work. Right. Um, you know, if we take. From a spiritual perspective, we need a set of values that guide us, you know, so we we, we understand well that we need some principles on which to operate. Um, and sometimes we react a certain way when those principles are. Maybe violated a little bit or challenged a little bit, um, definitely. So I, I, I understand that reaction.
0: Principles is, is, is actually a wonderful. And again, this, this is all tying back into the whole relationship topic. But I actually had a conversation with a good friend of mine today about principles and about morals. Right. And how he was telling me, uh, he's he's about uh, thirty five or so. But he was telling me back in the day when he was looking for um, a, a partner, it was all about the vibe, you know. It was all about, you know, how do we connect, you know, as as far as like a hanging out level, you know, not really such a deep spiritual level. But as the years have progressed, he looks for things more so on a principle level and on a value level, you know. And then he even threw the word politics in there, and I said, yeah. I said, listen, man, you're you're three heavy hitters are, I was like, you're, I was like, you're not even going to make it past the first day if you're worried about these. And, um, he's also very spiritual. And I, he was in the topic that we spoke about. Um, I mean, which we're not going to get to deep into here, but it was just a very deep topic that obviously people can feel very in, indifferent about. And, uh, it was about abortion. He was saying, yeah, that's a make or break for me to even be with somebody. You know, if, if, wow. you know, if they don't agree with how I feel, it's like a no go. So, uh, and I mean, tonight not even tie into that, but have you ever had or ha- have you seen with relationships where it's m- more so a, a make or break when it comes to certain morals or certain values? And do you think that those are things that are able to kind of work through? Because I feel as though we can have an indifference where I might say one thing, you might say one thing. We might, we're not either both right or wrong here, but we agree to disagree in a sense that I respect your opinion. You can respect mine. But there is some along the lines where they're just like, no, it's either this way or no
1: way. And again, it, it
0: might not always be so intense as abortion, but that's kind
1: of where I'm. Yeah. You, you know, it's interesting, though. I, I want I would wonder I would have questions about this, I, which is what I think might be happening is there are a couple of hot button issues. So, you know, race, you know, abortion, politics, things like that. And I think sometimes we attach a collection of values to that one issue so if you are if you are pro-life i guess that tells me something about these other things that we're not talking about right and so i can extract from that that where you stand on all these other other kinds of issues and i think that can happen sometimes that it immediately puts us in different groups in different camps if if we don't agree on this one issue so I think that can happen sometimes. I'm not going to say that that's what happens for everybody that has a difference on, uh, on, of opinion on an issue. But in some of those, some of the conflict can be, all right, so we belong to completely different camps and so we shouldn't be together. Um, but sometimes, you know, it could be, you know, maybe there is a passion for, for a, a specific issue. You know, maybe I, I do, I have a passion for this specific issue. And if you and I are going to be together, you got to share that same passion that I have for this issue. And sometimes that can cause, that can cause problems in a relationship. You know, I really care about this thing. Why don't, why can't you care about this yeah. too in the same way that I do? That can create, I can see that creating some issues too.
0: And, and to kind of, and not, not to cut you off, but that box that you spoke about, I actually mentioned to him and, and, and I'm glad that you said it. Cause I'm like, you know what? It's, it's something that i would even thought about in my past, but certain things where I'm like, you know, let's just say, you know, somebody doesn't agree with just something similar. And I'm like, oh, if you don't uh, agree with this, you must also not agree with this, this, and this, and that puts you in this box that I'm nowhere near. So what you kind of said, how we just kind of group things, and I know that that's something that we do just as humans, or maybe it's you know taught, but just perfect example is the abortion again. It's like the. My body, mind choice. You know, people say, "Oh, it's not their body." Well, if you're thinking that way already, you must also think like this and like this. And I'm, we cannot be friends on. There's yeah. nowhere near the same thing. But it's not always that way, you know. And it, it's not always that intricate or or, or always that deep, you know, when it comes to certain topics. The same with our religion, you know. They, people talk about different gods, things of that sort. But, and we think, oh, if they're practicing this, they must also do this, this, and this. So again, there's that whole yeah. group within it that we've kind of been. I don't want to say subject to, but I mean, that that goes back with, you know, news and just different propaganda stuff that we have kind of been subject to, to kind of overcome and overseeing. And yeah. It's, it's, and I was even talking about it. It's, it's really easy for us to learn things, especially when we're young, certain habits from our parents, grandparents, the hardest thing. And I'm learning this from my, uh, psych- psychiatrist, Adam Grant. It's the hardest is for us to unlearn things, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, we can learn, me and you, if we really wanted to, we could learn how to do cement. We can learn how to do drywall. We could put our mind to it. But to unlearn, you know, especially when it comes to our personality, you know, and especially if, if we're trying to adjust for somebody else, like a wife or maybe a, a girlfriend or a, or a boyfriend or whoever, if we're trying to unlearn how we kind of operate or, or our personality, we feel as though that, that we're just completely in, incapable of uh, doing so. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, per- well personality is pretty stable um over the course of not not in, not completely inflexible but it's pretty stable meaning um m- meaning the, the the our personalities will guide our behavior and and our decisions so you can change behavior so for example like imagine like um imagine if i told you i was introverted which i am <laughs> i'm I'm, I'm, a, really? I'm a big time introvert um and so I prefer to be, I, can, I, I enjoy my alone time, right? And that's something that's pretty deeply rooted in my personality. However, you know, my first customer service job, I did a great fucking job. I, was, I, could sm- I can smile all day long. Right. I can chat to people. I can do that. And m- many people wouldn't believe that I'm introverted. Sure. I can learn a collection of behaviors in order to be successful in a situation. It's not my tendency to do those behaviors, but I can learn something just to get, you know, to, to do something to try to get to where I'm trying to get. And so those things can change. Behavior can be flexible. Our personality, it can it can stay relatively stable. One, one thing that we know is that we there are some dimensions of our personality that just have a tendency to change over time. So like we know that our openness will decline, you know, over time and kind of what you were describing to the right. generational thing.
0: So, I mean, would you kind of even mention that sort of, and I'm taking a hard right here with like a narcissistic standpoint, a narcissist standpoint, oh, because, okay. because yeah. you mentioned, and
1: you're talking about disordered personality. Right, right.
0: Personality. So, so, and here's what I'm kind of saying. So, and again, I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate here with a caveat because the things that you you just mentioned is, you know, I'm I'm able to learn a set group of things to be successful in a situation, right? If we were to take that very, very generic, would you, would that be similar to somebody who can, who's just trying to get the betterment of a situation, whether that's a person, a place, or? I'm not saying that that's you in that standpoint, but I'm, but I, I'm saying for like a lack of a better word, wouldn't those be similar kind of tendencies and? In...
1: Okay, so yeah, I think you're asking like if if I'm a narcissist. Well, yeah, if that was you, if, right? If I'm a narcissist, would those be the same? Can I then develop some skills to achieve the goals that my narcissism right. tries to achieve? Right. Yeah. Sure.
0: So that so that would be kind of like one of the same.
1: Yeah, I can same I can develop though. some charisma, right? Right. Um, I can develop some drive so that I can get myself into the highest status position that I can right. find. Sure, to feed that narcissistic need. Yeah. So then my thing
0: when it when it comes down to when people say kind of how you just said, you know, oh, but I'm a introvert. Well, so it sounds like that's more so by choice than it
1: is by by nature. It's my tendency. Tendency. It's, it's, it's okay. my tendency. It's my. It's know, what you it's prefer to. Yeah, and it could be a combination of genetic and biological factors. It could be, um, as a you know, also uh, my social environment would have contributed to that. Right. You know, and so um, you know, there we couldn't. Pit, you know, personality. I guess personality theory doesn't focus on just one way. We have tendencies. We have temperament right. when we're born. You know. Yes. We have, so it's a combination of biological, uh, genetic social factors.
0: And I mean, this goes back and it's, it's very funny. And mm-hmm. this always comes back in some type of episode, but this goes back to when you're in the womb, like the, mm-hmm. you know, things that are passed from your mother, like the blood, just what she eats, all these things. It's already mm-hmm. creating a temperament for you before you're
1: even outside in the world. Yeah. You have, well, you have, you already have heredity, heredity. I right? mean, already. I gene- already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have genetics already, you know, at, at already working, right. You're in the womb. And then you have experience now, prenatal experience, yes, yes. right? That's happening. Sure, that and that creates and then something happens. And then you're born, and then you have these, you know. So when you're in the room, when the womb, you have these critical periods of development, and hopefully, um, you know, the, the environment is uh, healthy right. and safe, um, so that you can develop in a safe way in the right. womb. And then when you're born, hopefully you have some things that you know, safe, yeah. things like touch and nutrition, yes, and, yes. you know, that that are available to you, communication support safety
0: and all, all those things that you're mentioning i mean these believe it or not and i mean I'm, I'm talking more so to the listeners now but these things as we're kind of you know toddler you know preteen, adolescent and we're growing up these are things that are all kind of setting us up for our relationships in the future Absolutely. right you know i've had Absolutely. people you know raised around me maybe three or four neighbors on the same block for 10 plus years but for some reason, everybody's relationship is taking a very different turn, yeah. and people think, "Oh, it's you know, I I was raised in the in you know poor stuff." So I'm like, it has nothing to do with how with, with the housing. It has to do with the actual people that you interacted yeah. with, even with schools, friends, parents. You know, were you loved enough? And by love, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm being told that I that I love you every day. But it's just a sense of nurture, care. You know, that they're actually there. Are they asking about you? Just certain things that I've seen from friends that. We're not maybe raised the same way as me, but we were, you know, raised in the same exact area, labor situations. The physical aspect of it was all the same, right? Schooling, all the same. Teachers are all the same. But where it differentiates that is obviously the home. And this goes back to even two parent to one parent homes.
1: Or three parent homes, or, th- or three parent right, or or or, or homes where grandma raised right. all of the kids, right? Oh yeah, homes like, where uncles and aunts yes. raised. the cut, yeah.
0: There's so yeah. many aspects there, but yeah. I mean, let's let's talk about just more so the one versus the or just single not the full yes, the versus single parent, multiple parent versus homes. like the multi parent, yeah. right? Uh, so, I mean, studies have have shown that there already forty percent de- uh, decline as far as it goes for further relationships for a single parent home. Versus a multi-family or a multi-parent is anything more than one, right? Because there's either not a love, there's not enough love or trust or something going around. Because maybe there's you know one or two more siblings. the The parent might work all the time, or there's just not enough time or action to divorce as if there was for a two-parent. Do you? I mean, would you kind of agree or disagree, or do, well, do you come from a
1: two-parent? Let me start with that. I do. I I do. Okay. Um, That's I, good. Then I well, I don't know about that, but here's what I would say. I, I'd say if 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 your reference point is the nuclear family, right, two parents, right. all biological kids, you know, and the parents are opposite sex, right, and, you know, what is like it? the, what stand, is the statistic? Right. Like two and a half, you know, yeah. that 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 has been the reality. Uh, that that is the, the the idealized image of family. In the post-industrial revolution, right, right. Um, however, the reality of what families look like—if you look at before that, we were in our, our what, what was considered a family before that was large pods, large yeah. groupings that included uncles and aunts and Everybody. extended family, and so when you know. So that our families are getting smaller and more divided, you know, with with smaller subgroups. I think there's some risk to that, too. I think there's a lot of health in, you know, like a big group family. Right. I think I think that part is true. You know, I you know, the nuclear family thing, I think it's it's an idealized image. That is, if you look at our society, there are very few of those. Right. And I think sometimes we because we idealize an image like that, that when when we, we have a single parent, um, it makes them feel other you know it makes them feel like they're less capable or less yeah. equipped and so I think that's where other I, I think that's where communities come in you know if you know we live in a beautiful community here you know that, that's where you know when you when you can support kids yeah. like that you know i I worry about that idealized image of the nuclear family and you know what happens to blended or you know single parent Blender, homes. Yeah. I, I don't want to I wouldn't want to generalize them that to say that they're already at a disadvantage right it very much depends you know um i've seen some pretty some pretty capable single parents you know
0: well no that, i mean i'm uh, not saying that they're in- incapable i'm just yeah. talking about like a physical study that they've ran you know it's they're, that they're saying already coming out you know with a single family home uh, it's that they're more likely to be at risk for maybe relationships that are in not even like partner, but just even for like friends or even with teachers or for, you know, work that they're already at a disadvantage because of what might have taken place there. Now we can have the conversation Mm -hmm. because you had a two parent. I had a one parent. So we, we'd be able to have the conversation as far as upbringings, a little bit different times. So it might be not be the same and obviously different States, but even, even aside from that, I mean, I I, I think you turned out wonderful. I mean, obviously it's, I thought you were younger, so it ah. it, it,
1: it must have been uh, a. I mean, and how much would you even kind of? Ah, see, there's the thing. Right. I I wish you know sometimes if I if I if I were the counselor right uh, counseling my family. Right. Oh man, you know I I kind of wish I I, I kind of wish I had a blended family. Yeah, you know, um, I I I wonder if the relationship my parents had was good for them, or okay. good for us. Right, you know. So this is why I don't I don't totally buy into like, you know, the number of parents that you have makes it better. I got you. You know, I think the qualities are important, too. And, you know, no doubt I I, I work I work at an academic institution. So research has to have some value. Yes. However, you know, not all research is perfect. You know, and, and and it also depends on who the researchers are. And what statement they're trying to make and how they're using the data and who are yeah. the subjects of the data. they push on Yeah. Um, how, you know, how many subjects were there in that study and where was it? Was it in inner city Chicago or was it like, you know, in, in a suburb in the Midwest? Right. You know, so. Many factors kind
0: of go they, into play there. There are. There are. And, and
1: I work, I work, you know, the, the thing about being an having a life at a college, right. but then having a life in counseling, counseling. Research is great and it can and it can tell you lots of really great things being in counseling, you're sitting in a room with somebody and, you know, the data can help a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's their experience that matters. Right. You know? Um, and sometimes I have to step outside of what the research says in order to validate their experience.
0: That's good. Now, uh, um, <laughs> I was trying to touch on a point that you mentioned about the pods and about back, you know, before mm-hmm. all those, you know, civilized times and everything that, It was very common for families to be, you know, major 30, 40 plus living in in like a kind of village setting. And we're still kind of seeing that, you know, in this day when it comes to uh, Asian-American, even Spanish, you know, where it's, it's pretty common for the parents, kind of the grandparents, obviously the kids to all kind of stay and live at home while they're going through school and things of that sort. So, I mean, that's that that way has not gone, you know, far but i i do think it is kind of more un- uncommon in this day and age i mean i had friends growing up that it was always the grandparents lived there you know like the mom and dad was always there and everybody worked you know it, it, yeah. it wasn't like nobody worked yeah. but then you know like when you have that support system for one or two kids to maybe watch them or pick them up from yeah. daycare when it comes to that because and i've even said you know there i find it hard in this day and age for even for like a two-parent to to raise you know One kid or two kids, just just between work and having to pay bills and go to school and after school practice and all these different things. Like, where is the time for us to be able to pick up and drop off, and while still being present, right, in the life? And again, this this goes back to just, you know, how often did the kid see mommy and daddy, you know, growing up, or how often did they see, you know, or were they always at the games, or you know, and how? Dependable were they, you know, and these are things that that kind of go into play when it comes to a relationship, you know. Yeah. I'm pretty used on depending myself. I don't. I have a new partner now. I don't want to have to, you know, worry about you. I'm I'm so used about me, 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 me. me yeah. So, if you were talking to somebody in in that aspect how would you kind of divulge and say, hey, you know what? How would you kind of get them to break that shell, you know, for to to, to, to kind of get them started to see that it's not always have to be a lone lone way of living. Okay. I'm so packed there. Sorry about that. Yeah, No, sorry,
1: it's all right. It's all right. I, you, you were asking me like, I think we we're talking about like the quality of the time. So let's say you have the two parents. Right. Are they still showing up? Are they are they coming to the games? Are they are they giving you the attention and care that you need? Or is it more important that you have some independence as, as an individual and take care of yourself? Do you need parents to be around?
0: Well, I mean, I, I think that this is, I mean, if we're talking, this is going to be the seven to ten year where, I mean, you need to depend on somebody. Obviously, we we can't get to the games by ourselves, we can't feed ourselves, we can't do anything like that. So
1: Okay. Yeah. Well let well let's start at the let's start at the beginning. Let's go back, right? So you said seven to ten years, let's go even back. Let's say right out of the womb, right? Okay. Um, to what degree should I be able to take care of myself or be totally dependent? You've heard this thing about crying it out, like when you're a baby, yes. right? How long do you let the baby cry in the right. crib before yeah. you show up, right? So that that's a that's a debate. It's like, you know, do do I do I let my infant begin to learn to self soothe, or you know whatever the argument is, or are they? Is this a period of life where they should be totally dependent on me, where I should show up to the crib as quickly as I can to make sure that they're safe? Right. You know, there's a debate on this kind yeah. of thing. So now take that, you take that from in, infancy, and you let's bring it up a few years. So to what degree, let's say you're my seven year old son, to right. what degree do I meet your needs, and to what do I, to what degree do I allow you to? Find your own solutions and meet your own, you know, and that's a debate too. We, we, yeah. I guess you know, there's no right or wrong answer as far as some of it is culturally defined. Yes. Some of it is generational. Like, how did my parents treat me? You know, some of it comes from that. Here's the thing I will say: since we're talking about relationships, that whatever pattern we're following is gonna, it's also setting off a pattern that will dictate my romantic relationships in adulthood. So, did I get my needs met from my parents? How am I attached to my parents? You know, um, and there are, there are forms of secure and insecure attachment with parents. Yeah. What kind of attachment pattern did I have with my parents? What, what did their relationship model for me, their relationship with each other? What did the other a- adults in my life do? And so now I've got this whole schematic for how relationships work and how I fit in those relationships. Right. And we will often see that pattern, that schematic play itself Mimic, out in right. my other relationships Throughout my life, with friends and with romantic partners.
0: Yeah, and I mean, David kind of touched more on that. If we're speaking about, you know, kind of like a model relationship, we don't, nobody has a model of anything, right? I mean, there's nothing that we can say this is fully right and this is fully wrong, you know, because obviously, how like you said it's all culture, it's just, there's many different things to kind of throw into the mix to the point where it's just, you know, kind of like how you said we could debate X, Y, and Z all day because. If you say it's okay for the baby to cry for ten minutes, well, he might say forty-five, she might say thirty seconds. You know, it's there's just so many different variables. But what I mean, if we have a child, right, 10, maybe ten years old, and they're seeing a relationship, th- this is all that they know, right? Because we're not watching, you know, certain things. And I'm still very young. If a if a child is seeing a relationship where it's abuse or you know, variable, always yelling, just different things. As the child, as they grow up, this is what they know to be a relationship. This is what's the normal, right? So now when they go on and do their relationships and they're they're trying to put their best foot forward, this is what the normal is. So that's why when I was asking you, when it comes down to child-adolescent, those years are super, super crucial in my opinion, not just more so, oh, did they put in a little bit of effort or like a lot of effort, there's certain variables that can make or break somebody's whole future when it comes to how they even speak to somebody else or, or how they even try to adjust it to uh, somebody else. People say, oh, well, if you knew better, you would uh, do better. That's very true. A lot of times people even do wrong, not because they want to, because they just don't know what's fully right, you know, or what they have seen to be, quote unquote, right or wrong.
1: Yeah. And well, the other thing, too, is that not all behavior is conscious. There's a lot of behavior that's not right. We're not aware of that we that we engage in.
0: What would be something that you would think is?
1: So let me give you an example. Um, let's say my father was a hothead, right? Ang- angry, right. right? And hair trigger, really angry. He's teaching me stuff as a kid, not just by seeing his overt behavior, but by even you remember you're talking about vibes, how people yeah. get together. He's sending me vibes about what it means to be a man, right? Un- unconsciously. Yeah, unconsciously. Rhythmic, you know, from it through his rhythm. You know, when I'm, you know, maybe when I'm a kid, you know, when I'm young and he's holding me, I can even feel his heartbeat. Okay, to that, yeah. To, you know, to, I'm talking about at that level. You know, our parents help us to regulate. If we have contact with them, they teach us all kinds of things, um, consciously and unconsciously. So imagine dad's a hothead. If my dad's a hothead, that means that in the moments before the explosion, a couple of things are happening. He's probably got um, a nice uh, cocktail of hormones, right, that that were set off by his adrenal glands. And so his bu- his blood is now pumping. His oh. heart is beating, right? His heart is beating. He's probably breathing a certain way. He's got a certain look on his face, right? All of that is happening before he slaps, you know, before he gets mad. And I, as children, we take all that in. It teaches us our rhythms, right? So it sets off a even before... But, you know, we, we may focus on, yeah, he put up a fist and he swung. Um, and we think that's the, that's not the behavior that we learned. You know, it was all the stuff that came before that. That taught us something, too. And so, you know, here I am as a teenager and some guy is looking at my girlfriend, what starts to happen in me? Same thing. Some right. Cocktail, that heart starts that beating. Stuff. Yeah. My, my breathing starts getting short. I start to get that same look on my face. Right. right? Those are the lessons that that's some what's kind of, of taught, lessons. right? And yeah. So yeah.
0: So now we're just talking about kind of even past and un- unconscious kind of ways, and and again, this is I think even kind of goes deeper with the creature of habit sort of thing where we just kind of see and we mimic because at the end of the day, we're all just creatures of habit. Sure. Yeah. Meaning just we're designed for it. Yeah. We're like, we're just taught to. I mean, not say mimic, but we're just taught to just do what you know repeating just kind of do it you know and just kind of maybe make our own way in that sort of sense of this is what he did and he's obviously he he made me this and i mean even growing up with mom or dad or whoever it is that's raising you this is who you see you be like a quote-unquote higher being like somebody that you really respect because these are the people that are there for you at the very beginning this is this is mom dad grandpa grandpa uncles cousins whoever it is it's this is who's you know raising me they've shown me the way they've already been through what I've been through, oh, he or he or she's mad for this. I must have to get mad for that every time now, or you know, even if it's, yeah. you know, speaking loud or verbal language or things of that sort of. Yeah,
1: and you're saying it as if it's hap- happening consciously. It, it 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 could be happening without you even realizing. Right. It. You ever? I, I don't know if if you've ever experienced this, but sometimes you'll you know, like when my family sees me react to things, they'll look at me later and said. And dude, you look just like your father, Act oh just like your father, or you, you know, you said that as if you didn't like that, but it happens, know, yeah, right? Know, yeah, it happens yeah. people, you know, it's, it's, we, we do it without even noticing sometimes, you know, how really we are. And, you know, if we take an evolutionary standpoint on this, that's what we're designed to do, right? Make copies of our genes. And so if our, our um, predecessors, our parents were successful in copying their genes, then we're more likely to do what they did so that we can successfully make copies of our genes you know, and it's and the pattern continues.
0: Even aside from certain, how you said maybe you did things like a certain way, and it's like, oh, you look just like your father. I've even had points, uh, and you know, you said I kind of had a look of uh, like a disgust because, because I, because I really do in that sort of aspect when it comes to me. But I've even had things where I'm, I'm getting dressed and I look in the mirror, you know, and I, and I'm just like putting on a tie, maybe or putting, and I'm just like damn, man, you look just like this guy. And I, and, and and it gives me a, you know, it, it gives me a disgust or a negative feeling because, I mean, my own past or however it goes. But, yeah, there's some things that you say are un- unconscious or I've watched back videos or, you know, maybe we're out hanging out and like and I'm just seeing how I'm acting. I'm just like, damn, bro, you look just like this guy. And it just, and it gives you a, I mean, for me, it, it, it gives me a disgust feeling. But it's just, again, it, it's, it's not me trying to do it. That's just how my... Aneurysms are, might, aneurysms are that's how i'm like are are. that's how i'm just kind of wired to move in yeah. a sense you know yeah. so again it's not something that it, i'm trying to
1: do every day but yeah but it happens in more ways than you even know oh I, I can only imagine and <laughs> i know, mean i I've, used to get that reaction too with like i would look myself in the mirror and i it would be like dang i look just like him and uh i embrace it now i you know i i embrace the ways that i'm that i'm like my father and you know, like many fathers and sons, we've had, you know, we have this this roller coaster of a relationship. Um, But right now at 40, I'm saying this from 40, as a 44 year old, if you asked 34 year old me, the answer would have, you know, might have been different. But even as you know, now, right now as a 44 year old, I kind of embrace the ways that I'm that I'm like my father.
0: I mean, that's that just shows growth. Obviously, that shows, you know, understanding but again i mean you just opened up so many questions for me (laughs) why do i feel as though it's 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 always more so minority men with with issues with minority men their father grandfather uh i've i've just learned in in the experience with the foundation and just so many different avenues um definitely caucasians have the issue as well but i'm seeing it more so in minorities where we just have this certain level of you know angst and anguish against our father, you know, or our male counterpart or like our, you know, male figures in our life where there's certain things that we just can't let go. Um, or there's just, you know, we just see things one way and we don't want to know no, he was wrong for this. And I guess my thing is why does it feel like we just can't let go of certain things? Typically, deep rooted in minorities. If you can kind of answer that, it was kind of a broad question. Yeah, no, kind of.
1: There's two that I, that I think jumped out at me. One, one that's like a general broad question and one, I think you're asking me about you and I'm going <laughs> to come back to that. I'm going to come back. We're going to reveal you right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the general one was, is it, is it a pattern in, in men of color? And I think it depends on which group we're talking about um, because you know, country you know the, the the ethnicity that we're talking about the country of origin immigration when what the migratory pattern was for that group you know if we're talking about you know if we're talking about like uh, my family's from Honduras Central America okay. they they my parents were undocumented when they came here um, so they I would be the first generation you know American in that in that family and so they brought with them customs. You know, um, and I and I grew up in in Brooklyn, where the my my uh, culture, my ethnicity was a minority within a minority. Yeah, it was predominantly Puerto Rican um, because they have a they've had a you know history of of large migrations to New York City. Yeah, for sure, and so um, you know our worlds kind of collided there. And if we're talking about that group, one of the things that the group of you know Latinos in the in in New York. Predominantly Puerto Rican. Um, I think the second largest largest group would have been Dominican. Dominican you know, yeah. that's me. And then you have, you know, then you ha- you know have smaller group of Mexican, yeah, and then smaller sure. groups of Central American and South American. But you go to the West Coast and you see something else, right? It looks it looks different. Very. Different. But if I and that's the image I have in my mind of of uh, the Latino American in New York from you know my generation, and one wh- one thing that I think was present in that in that big group was machismo, you know, it, that machismo yeah. was there and they had similar patterns, you know, in, in all the groups. And so, and part of that was, I'm giving words to this. I, it was never, you know, it, it wasn't explained to me in this way, but the way that I can describe that is don't allow yourself to be disrespected, mm-hmm. right? This, there was this tenet about, oh, don't, don't disrespect me because you know, the price is big. And I, I remember, I remember that lesson. If someone disrespected you, they had to pay in some, in some way. way yeah in some way you and it was up to you to make them pay make them pay in some way for disrespecting you and the list of things that can be considered disrespect was like yeah, you know a long list long. right so i mean i don't i don't know where that rule came from but it was i feel it i still feel it today i still feel I, that rule I, today
0: uh, i i uh, i catch myself and i mean this is even turning into a better topic than i thought we were (laughs) going to kind of take it but um yeah we're
1: still talking i think we're talking about us being men and how i think we can go to where how we live in a relationship yeah once we've got all these rules yeah and
0: and i mean this is even something that i've i've learned even in this sort of environment that i've kind of placed myself uh because as you know as you know i'm a i'm a huge reader i'm always trying to learn i'm always trying to adapt i'm always trying to adjust because i'm just like you know what there's there's no right or wrong way to, I mean, there is a right or wrong way to live, but I'm, I'm trying to do it to the best of my ability. And to kind of piggyback again, there was never that predominant male figure in my life. So I, I spent a lot of my years trying to figure out, okay, well, what's the right way to be a male? You know, what's the right way to, you know, to assert my dominance while still being having some feminine and, you know, just giving my partner the utmost respect that they deserve. And, you know, just just being equal in a in a very cultivating, changing and in, in, in environment. So day to day. So if we're talking about even the area that we're in, you know, as as, as far as that goes, um, pre- predominantly it's very different from maybe what you and me might be used to. Right. And I'm even finding myself now where I'll sometimes be in a fight or flight mode when it's like, it's that that's not what it is. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and it could be in, and, and, and I've caught myself and I'm just like, why is it that you're acting this way? When one you've, you've never been through the scenario that you're thinking that you're going through. Let's say it's maybe like a break in, right? I feel as though my house or, Maybe my my house is under attack or I see something weird going on outside and I'm in that, you know, just angst mode of just, well, whoever it is, this is the end for them. And I'm just like, and I go outside and it's, you know, a little old lady. Why is it that my head is shifting? You know what I mean? Or why is it that my whole energy is going to straight negative before I've even put the pieces together. One, two, it, is it have to do with a partner now where I feel as though I have to, you know, be that male figure, be that strong dominant person. I have to protect them. You know, I have to protect the kids. Maybe is it something that, have, you know, where I'm just, where like my, um how they say female, when they have a kid, the mother instinct just kind of comes out. Is it that quote unquote kind of father instinct without having kids that's kind of coming out where I just have to do that protect mode because that never happened to me from a male perspective so where was it that i'm seeing it or that i'm kind of taught it
1: well if we take if we take the you're asking me you're asking me the social implications like did we learn it through our social environment let me first say that the 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 in, the genetic instructions are already there for that you and you and i are designed for threat detection threat detection you know that's what keeps us alive right we just got to stay alive we your brain is better equipped to detect threat than it is to feel joy okay right um, that makes sense actually yeah yeah i bet i bet you can you can remember um probably more instances where you were either afraid yeah. or angry um than times where you felt at peace and and definitely and yeah you know
0: and i mean this even goes back yeah. to the culture but i've i've had uh where i've read certain things and you know they always talk about how I bet you can recall when you maybe broke a bone or when you were three or five or seven or eight or in nine pain, or ten. Yeah. Where you were just felt this you know, this pain or you look at certain marks and I can relive them even if it was 10, 20 years ago. I'm just like, how come I can't remember my high school graduation or how come I can't remember, you know, this this fancy dinner or when I went here? These were all great times and but man, I can tell you, whenever this happened, my heart was pumping and I was yeah. and I was just ready and it just kinda instills and it kinda lives in you. And whatever that adrenaline thing that it pumps and that we form and it puts us in that fight or flight. Yeah. And I read that the more that we're in that, it's 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 actually very unhealthy for our bodies, you know, yeah. because it, it comes to a point and it's actually proven that it's, it's already when we come out of the wound for minorities, more typical than not, we already have yeah. that already pumped or already kind of let out before we've even come out the womb. So we're already kind of coming out stressed out before we've even felt what stress is or we, aren't, we understand what
1: stress to be. Yeah. Remember that cocktail I was describing? Mm-hmm. Um, so we I talked about, you know, um, uh, epinephrine and norepinephrine being part of that. Yeah. But in addition, you have cortisol. Cortisol. Yeah. So you, you we're, it, imagine... <laughs> you you've probably seen the Fast and Furious series, yeah. you know when they kick on the nitrous and the car like exactly. you know it takes off, <laughs> you know um, the car can't run on nitrous, you'll burn it out, right? You'll you'll burn the engine. You can't, you know, that's like us. We can't be in that mode all the time. We will burn out. That's know? a good
0: little tip there, right there. Just had <laughs> a, dropping dropping some gems right there, Jorge. No, but and, and I mean that's when I read that. That's how it was kind of pictured to me as you know we get in, and, and, and again to just kind of picture it's a fight or flight right so we're when you're in fight or flight yeah it's fight or flight flight and and it's literally just like you're in a just a very heightened state of alertness and you're just what's next like what this could be it make or break moment though and we just let out that liquid or whatever it is in our body and the the more fear and this goes back to relationships you know when we're in arguments or different things with our partners or even our, our friends it, we may not think that we're in a fight or flight, but we're in some form of a heightened state where we're letting go that you said it was cortisol, right? Yeah. Cortisol. Yeah. Uh and well. the more that we kind of release, 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 and I had this talk last week with uh Shane, we were talking about when when our when our body creates too much of a certain feeling, whether it's uh endorphins, oxytocin It's unhealthy, you know, whether it's good or bad. And then our body says, oh, you know what? There's so much of this. I don't have to make more of this. So then you almost sort of become numb to certain things that should be getting a reaction out of you. Sure. Sure. And this could be deep rooted with, you know, families. If we're talking about seeing things as like abuse or domestic violence or just different things that to where you're more so kind of numb. Perfect example is like in this day and age, you know, we're seeing where you know, killings or just death in our eyes is is becoming so natural and just so normal. There's a normal to it to where if you would have showed somebody, you know, a a video of somebody getting killed 30 years ago, that was just tablet. That was just like a no go. But now typically we're seeing just people dying every day on the news to where we're just kind of numb to it. And it's just become a uh, normal thing to us where we don't have a certain effect or a rise to it any longer. If I had to kind of compare those two things, where back when we were younger, and this is just a general statement, but back when we were younger, you know, somebody might have experienced, you know, their their parents being very, you know, verbally abusive, domestically abusive, um, even emotional, meaning you know what, you're too fat, or you know, damn, like you really got, you know, pretty big there. Yeah. Different verbiage that we've kind of come. Uh, become accustomed to to now when we fast forward and now when we're with our partner we're doing those same things without even again with that unconscious kind of hat on and we're just oh well that i didn't know that that was rude that's just how it's i mean i just tell how it is i'm just being you know real that's 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 not a real thing there that's just a disrespectful thing but I touched on a lot there, but I was just <laughs> trying to right. tell you that it's when it comes to relations. And I think that that's what people kind of take for mistake. You know, they always say, and, and I've heard this so many times people always say, you know, you know, I just, I just can't find a good one or, you know what, there's nobody out there for me. You know, if you don't, if nothing changes, nothing changes. Right. So if we're doing the same thing, you're going to get the same result. This is just basic, yeah, basic math here. Right. Um, but this goes back to what is it that we're looking for? What is it that we're used to? What is it that we're trying to get accomplished? And what is it that we're, you know, trying to find in ourselves, or maybe find in somebody else? You know.
1: Well, that brings me back to the. I, I was thinking about that question about well, if we don't have the same political ideas, can we be together? It brings me back to that because think about that. Th- you can ask this question too. If you and I just met and we can't resolve a political difference, how are we supposed to solve the big problems down the line? Right. Money. Dividing chores, the kids, whether or not right. to have kids, right? Literally, our, Negotiating our sexual relationship. Because that, right. that's a negotiation that happens constantly throughout your relationship. How If we can't figure out, like, <laughs> you know, if I'm a Democrat and you're a Republican and we can't get past that, yeah, how are we ever going to get past the big stuff? Definitely. Know? And if you are someone, this is the other thing, if I'm someone who is conflict avoidant, and let's say, you know, if I say, you know what, I don't even want to get into that with you. I'm just going to go and find someone that more agrees with me. What's gonna happen with that down the line if you don't know really how to talk through things? I'd say, man, find somebody and find not not get them to agree with everything that you believe, but see how you see how you do when you try to negotiate some yeah. of those differences. I think that could show you a lot about a relationship early on.
0: About a relationship and also I think about yourself because I mean I've even found myself more so again, you know and especially when you get out of school or just any type of continuation school with like college or high school or anything, and you're not physically having a professor. And I mean, this is actually perfect because you're a physical teacher. So you, this is what you do day to day aside from a counseling. But when you get out of, you know, that sort of sit down and learn something from somebody and you're having to teach yourself, I find it where it's just like, yeah, we're maybe so used to doing one thing, and we're having a conflict. Oh, it's if it's not my way, then it's no way. They, that's yeah. just how conflict. Because obviously, a conflict is we're having a disagreement. I I believe one way, you believe one way. It's not always more. So let me teach you how to believe my way and how my way is correct. That's not always the case. No. But here's my way. Let me try to understand your way. And and I've been you know kind of doing that over the like the last two three years, where it's just hey, if we have a disagreement. Well, let me find out how you, how you came to that conclusion because I would love to kind of see it your way. And if after the talk, hey, you know what? I'm still not seeing it, but here's my way. I kind of see your way, but I'm still kind of feeling my way. But again, we were able to kind of come to that, not even a resolution, but just that understanding. Yeah. And I think that that's more so half the battle of just understanding somebody and just kind of, you know, again, I always say if we're going to be together, We got to live on the same property. We don't got to live on the same floor. You know, obviously we're, we're here, but we don't have to always be on the same level. You know, obviously there's, there's going to be ups and downs, but everybody has their beliefs and views and you know, how they, even when you get into certain politics, I mean, obviously that's a different story, but I I feel as even though with that, if you beat that first hurdle of trying to not always change their opinion to yours, but understanding both sides of it, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You early on. Yeah, I think it's important to figure out what the rhythm of the relationship is. Can we talk through things? Can we make it through small issues? What movie do we watch? Where do we go to eat? Yeah. You know, um, what should we wear to this thing? What should you know? Should we go together? Am I all right with you going <laughs> should to that we go party? together? <laughs> yeah. Am yeah. I all right going with you? If, am I alright if you go to that party by yourself? Oh, uh, who's that texting you? Am I OK with with your ex-girlfriend texting you? how do you feel about
0: that I mean you you uh, and now we're kind of shifting over to you know like a relationship day and age you know 20 30 40 years whatever it is we're just outside of the kid stuff now but how do you feel as though and this kind of goes to me under control so how do you feel you, you you mentioned the text thing
1: yeah um is it infidelity if I text with another with another person
0: so I'm gonna need some backstory is it somebody <laughs> that you've been Intimate way is this? Is just like a coworker? Is this a, so? There's so many simulations. So I'm gonna give you my point of view on a different standpoint with the phone. I've always been. I don't. I don't go through the phone. I'm not a fan of going through the phone. That's just how I am. Now you don't text
1: I, a little love messages. Hey, what you wearing? You don't do that.
0: What well, no, no no? I mean, to my. I mean, but I'm saying like, if I had a significant other, I don't want them grab my phone going through it, right?
1: Okay, got you, got you. yeah. So, yeah. so your, your, your phone is like. It's, a, it, it's
0: it, not off guard, but I mean, if you it, have a question, let me know. But it's never hey, who is that or, you know, let me see it to go through it because okay. I'm not going to do that. You know, in the past, have I been a victim of that? For sure. Maybe have I had a insecurity of that? For sure. And I got to be honest because, you know, they're going to hear the podcast. So
1: I got to be honest. Right. So but I mean. So it, you, you just let me know one of your rules. One of your principles is about the privacy of the phone. Don't look at my phone. You know, you, you, I, I I, expect that you are not going to violate that right. that principle that I have, that rule about the phone. If you want to know something, you have to ask me.
0: Yeah. Right. And then another thing, and he's trying to counsel right now. I don't know. He's just, no, I no, no, no. I, I want to make sure I'm getting it right. Fi- I, he just I'll, hit me with the finger. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> follow.
1: I just want to follow.
0: No. So then, okay. So another, I guess you can call it principle or
1: yeah, principle rule. Same thing, right? Principle okay, rule. Agreement, whatever. It, maybe it's an agreement. I don't know.
0: Uh, I've, I've never been, and I'm just using me as a standpoint just so we can kind of confirm or deny, but I've, I've never been a fan of uh, you can't go here, you can't go there. There's obviously rule of thumb, you know. Think about it in a respect level. Am I going to tell my girlfriend, hey, I'm going to this trip club tonight, tomorrow, every day of the week because I want to. That's not respectful, but it's never going to be, a, hey, can I go here? The same with her. She's, she's never going to ask me, Hey, do you mind if I, you do what you like? Is it respectful? Is it, is it, you know, touching all those points as far as we go for a mutual agreement, but it's never going to be me asking you, Hey, can I do this? And I'm never going to be, Hey, or you know, you asking me, Hey, can I do this? You, you can do what you like. This is, this is free form. You know, we are together, but nobody controls anybody here in that aspect. You know? And that's why I I try to be as fair, whereas some people might say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to be told what to do, but you got to tell me what you do. No, no, no. That's not how it is now. And if you had to compare it, because you mentioned also, and I want to get back to the sex thing, because I think that that's a very, a very crucial topic about managing your sex life. Right. And we had the convo recently, not uh, me, but me and the uh, therapist. We're talking about, you know, what is what's it, a healthy sex life right and they were breaking it down to we were breaking it down to number of times a week you know okay. some people said once a week three times a week five times a week you know people say oh well, that's too much that's too little that's too this and that okay but let me first let's let, let's get back to the second <laughs> principle and then we'll go deep dive on that and then i'm okay.
1: taking you through the ringer okay so about the you I, the about question.
0: the going out yeah i mean
1: you mean like rules in a relationship? You're asking right. me like yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what 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 are what are acceptable rules and what, what would are you not? consider healthy, you know? What well, I think so first we go back to consent and coercion and as long as those things aren't yeah. there, right? Um if you want an honest and open relationship, if that's your goal, then that means you're being honest. Now you mean you mean like in my relationship, I can't ask to go to the strip club every night? Are you saying that's out of bounds? Am I not allowed to do that?
0: Well, no. I'm mean, saying you could definitely ask anything you want, but yeah. my thing is, you know, and I'm just giving my own perspective. So,
1: so if my wife said, if I ask that question, my wife says, "Yeah, you can go to the strip club every night, no problem." Am I okay to do that? Yeah. If she, I mean, if she's cool with that, you're, you're smiling though. Yeah. I don't know. You don't feel you don't feel <laughs> cool about it. You're not sure.
0: You, no, no. I'm I'm saying <laughs> you're not I'm, sure. Yeah. I'm saying it in this <laughs> aspect of meaning. So when we talk about the whole respect thing, right? To where it's like... And I and, and I use the strip club as like a very extreme because that people will frown upon that, right? So my uh, thing is...
1: See, this is a perfect statement because now you're talking about what people say. Okay. Right? Right. I think that's what the smile was. The smile was not that I have an agreement with my wife. Your smile is, okay, if you want to do that, but that shit sounds weird. Right. Right? Right. That's the reaction. You're right, yeah. That's so what it is. It, it it's interesting that sometimes the perspective of perspectives of others do govern what we do in our relationships, right? How it looks, how it looks. That's right. How it looks. That's right. And this even goes back. That's hard to separate. It's hard to separate that. It's hard to separate again, the models that you got, what the people, what the relationships around you look like. It's hard for us to, to go. Yeah. What, what if my wife said, you know, imagine this, imagine your wife, your girlfriend said, you know what? there's this girl that I'm really interested in um, and I want to be, I want to be with her. I want to, you know, and I, and I love you and I want to stay married to you and I, you know, but I really want to be with this girl and I promise I I won't do anything you don't know about. I won't, you know, you'll know everything. You can come along anywhere you want to go, but I really just want to be with her.
0: Are you asking for my answer? Go ahead.
1: I'm just going to say that you've got, you've got to say, I'm just going to say that, I think a person's decision to go along with that not only has to do with how they feel, but also how that might be seen by others. You know, we have a social pressure that, and, and the, the dominant way of doing things is monogamy, you know? And so I think that's something that we do. So you were asking me about your personal relationship no, no, and no, how no. you make I, agreements. I was just, you know, mentioning it. Yeah. But. I th- yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I think, but I think, you know, I think we, we, not only do we think about what we want and what we need, but we also think about what will others say? What will my mom say? What will this say? Yeah, sister man, it's, it's super we'll, true. Yeah.
0: And they even talk about in the workplace, right, where, you know, maybe you're somebody that, you know, you, your job, it, re- it requires you to frequent a lot of gatherings, you know, work events where you're, yeah. where you're going out. Do, a do lot all the three of us go?
1: Right. Yeah. Do the three of us go to that event? Right. You know? Or they'll say
0: something like, don't make me look stupid, right? Where it's, you know, yeah. it's and, and it's just like, you know, and, and this is something that I even heard today, which I find it funny that we're talking about it now, but they're saying, you know, why would I make you look stupid? I mean, we, but it's not more so you, they just don't want to ever walk in a room where people are looking at them a certain way. And again, that's that social pressure where it's yeah. just like, Hey, I know you won't do anything stupid because I'm with you, but a reminder, don't do anything stupid. Yeah. And again, I, you, when you mentioned that social pressure, that's something. And that's, as, and that's as that's members
1: up. of the boys club, you know that's on that list of ways you should not disrespect me, right? Sure. Don't look at some other guy. Don't don't you know? Don't be too flirtatious. Don't ah, be too yeah. this, too. You know, we got all those rules, and then because if you do that, I'm gonna have to fight somebody, right? You know, we what a stupid rule that we have around. Whose
0: fault is it though? Is it is it, <laughs> it, is it his fault or it, I would think it's her fault because she's the one that's flirting. Granted, he's not he's not helping the situation. Does it matter though where you're at from? That did point, that matter? Yeah, right. See where you're from, but this goes again. We can just kind of dive on so many things there. <laughs> The, let's let's shift over to the to the uh, to, to the, the sex. sex topic because yeah. I, I I am curious as far as I mean obviously as a as a specialist as a therapist you know and you're a teacher you're a professor so many hats and I'm married and for he, twenty years and he's married for <laughs> twenty plus years, um, and I also wanted to come back to the actually let's go back to the dad thing first because i had a question when you said the 34 year old me and the 44 year old me would be different answers yeah um, I'm, I'm i'm curious and you can be as vague as you want but i'm but i'm curious in your profession um how hard is it to balance you know actual issues that you might be or have dealt with personally and how, like, how are you able to kind of adjust and understand it with a work hat? because i know that you obviously see things from a different lens that maybe somebody else might see but how is it that you might deal with maybe past traumas or anything and now you're like okay well and you're trying to see it from a different uh, lens and you mentioned 10 years ago if you would have asked me uh, about my dad that would have been a no-go but now it's like you know what like we're In a good space. So what can you kind of chime in on and mention, you know, what has kind of changed over the last 10 years, not even personal, but maybe how you saw things or maybe how you're kind of understanding things or things of that sort.
1: To keep it relevant to the topic, I'll say this. My marriage, um, one thing I learned over time, ways that I've changed, um, when I first learned how to be wrong, it, it was... It was life giving. It, like it was like a shot of oxygen to the heart of my marriage wow. for me to be able to say, I might be wrong about this, you know? Because once upon a time, I didn't know how to do that without getting activated, without getting, you yeah. know, um, I needed to h- hold on to being right so hard, you know? And it wasn't until I, I just opened up a little bit like, I might be wrong about this. And to say it out loud and to say, I hear what I'm saying hear what you're saying and it is possible that i'm wrong yeah that changed that changed things incredibly so um that's something that's changed over the years um i I think when i think about my father as well um i think that i i think i had really hard feelings about my childhood and about my relationship with him but i think a thing we tend to do also i think this is a survival mechanism um we tend to repeat the stories that feed our angry feelings. Yep. You know, remember I, I mentioned to you that you, that, you know, we're, we're more likely to remember the times you we were hurt and, you know, and so yes. I think that's true about my relationship with my father. I think I built this story that served me for a long time that kept me angry at him, you know? And I, I remember those, I remember the shit he's done. It's like, man, that, that stuff's fresh. It
0: sticks out. Right. Like it but, just happened.
1: There's some other stuff he did too, though. You know, and I haven't, I haven't, I didn't make the time to remember those, to keep those memories fresh. But now, as I'm older, I'm trying. I look through some pictures. I, you know, I know there was good stuff in there. Right. Um. And I have to remember. I have to remind myself of that stuff. You know, the same is true in my marriage. You know, with my with my wife. You know, when we get mad, we really know how to like dig out the dirt. Yeah. You know, push we, those buttons. Oh, yeah. we know how. The to ones do that it, hurt. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's much harder for us to talk ourselves down and keep ourselves calm and not go to the list of the, you know, the, 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 the 12 ways you should not disrespect me, you know? Yeah. Um, man, that, you know, I think once I learned to let go of some of that stuff, I was really able to have a relationship with somebody. That's deep. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. On the, on the sex
0: topic. I mean, that, that was actually a, <laughs> a really good point. How to be wrong. I mean, I, when I learned how to be wrong, I. Like that a lot. Um, on the sex topic, obviously you're happily married twenty plus years. How would somebody even go about having that conversation about um managing your your sex life yeah. you know with your partner
1: or with partners? Um, so first thing is what's sex? What is it? So if I told you I had sex last night, what would that mean to you?
0: I can put you a picture right now, we can Discuss. you want you want to draw it boy,
1: <laughs> put it on the whiteboard look at the video it it on, left. <laughs> that's right <laughs> what nah, so what okay. would you assume that that meant i, I I'm, I'm imagining that you are picturing some form of penetration right 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 that that's often what people go to but is that really the the sexual act is it some form of penetration you know so i think the first thing a couple has to do is define what they consider sex to be and that's going to change over the course of a life you know, o- over the course of, of a relationship. You know, so what what sex was for me at 18 is completely different from what it was at um, 23 was when my first daughter was born. Uh, my first daughter was born August um, 2001. I almost forgot the day. And, and 9-11 was September oh, yeah, yeah. 2001. And we left New York and came here before that or um right after 9/11 because oh, wow. that put, that put me out of work. Oh wow. And so um you know a, a, an open sexual relationship in the middle of like new child yeah. being uprooted how we would define sex on that day was something, you know, completely, completely different. different. And now, you know, then we and my my wife's pregnancies were difficult on her. They were they were not easy pregnancies and deliveries and uh you know that redefined sex and then, you know, Now, you know, we're in our 40s and that gotta redefine that again, you know, whatever that means. Um, And then what 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 are what are the the kinds of sex that I hope for and want that I find fulfilling? What are the types of sex that she hopes for and she finds fulfilling? What are what are lines she won't cross? Yeah. Right. Where and what are the lines I won't cross? Right. All of that, you know, talking about that stuff, getting it open, getting it out there so that there's no guesswork in it. This this is what's happening in my head when I fantasize. What's going on for you? You know all of that, and even having conversations around this is a sex act. Yeah, man. These are great conversations to have with your partner. If you're when you're talking about your fantasies and what feels good and what looks good and what you know the lines you won't cross, when you start talking about these things, something changes.
0: That that connection gets a, <laughs> a little bit deeper. I mean, twenty plus years in, so it's mostly communication and i mean kind of setting those i would say kind of not guidelines but you're just talking about hey this is because i mean again sex might not not always be penetration but it's just like hey you know this is what i would want to kind of get out of us having sex you know and maybe it's a certain fantasy that they have or you know she has or whatever it is um 20 years i mean you know i've had couples
1: moms uh, Let, let me add something too that consent piece still stands. Yeah, for sure. So so ma- marriage isn't like isn't like eternal consent. Yeah. You have to negotiate that every single time. And that's true that's true in a 20-year marriage too. Um there you can still be coercive. You can still be be abusive. And so consent is, it still matters. It's still a thing. And sex is better when you have consent. And right. when, when you don't have consent, it's not sex. It's something it? else. It's something else. It's assault. It's abuse. It's rape. It's, you know.
0: How do you keep uh keep it fresh 20 years in? You know, if, I mean, for like a general term, if, if we were talking to what's, you know, 25, 30 year, you know, relationship partner, partners. What's something that we can do to kind of keep it fresh or, you know, just kind of keep it alive like it was in that first year, even though it's never going to be like it was in the first year?
1: No, that well, that's the first thing is embrace where you are embrace where you are in the in in your relationship um if that's if you're in your first year um you can expect certain things right that you're going to have some disagreements about political views or whatever the case is you may find out you may find out the person you know i thought you said you wanted kids in the next five years no no no. i meant 10 years years. yeah yeah, 15 (laughs) you know you're gonna have to work through that you expect some of that early in the relationship or you know what does this you know are, are we exclusive? Are we monogamous? Are we this? Are we that? Are we planning to get married? Are we not? Or do we hope to have, you know, all that stuff happens early in a relationship. And then let's say you get careers and, you know, you, you go, you know, you're training in a profession too. Like the, I imagine that when you get started in your profession, that may limit the amount of time you can spend on other things. You know, yeah. what is that going to do to your relationship? And so embracing where you are, also having some agreements about going into it. Look, it, you know, you know, I, I I think I mentioned this to you once. I didn't, I'm a high school dropout. So I didn't go to college like at 18. or yeah. like, I, I didn't start college till 24. I was already, I was here in Florida. I, I was already a parent. I was already married. Right. When, I set, when I started college, the, the very beginning of college. Wow. And so that means that I was working and a student while being a parent and a husband. And that's something we did collaboratively. I didn't do that. You know, I, I, I don't have this image of like the self-made man or whatever the case right. is. I I am the product of my my family and my relationship. You know, I'm I'm speaking to you here representing a collection of people. Right. Right. And one of them, most notably, is my wife. We've had to negotiate that all the way through, talk about where we are and what we're doing. And always, there's always been commitment. We always knew we were going to be in it for the long haul, even at times where we felt like, I tell you, I'll tell you, I have felt sometimes like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. Yeah. I don't know if this relationship's gonna make it. Right. You know, but we had already resolved ourselves that it's gonna make it. Like, we're gonna stay in it. So we had commitment, even when it looked dark, even when it didn't look good, even when we were struggling, when we were arguing, when money was a problem, you know, all those things. But there was always, I'm gonna stay in it. I'm gonna stay with it. I'm gonna keep working at it. I'm gonna keep trying she's, she's always been worth it. She's always been worth my effort. Um, and when it gets dark, I just, I've always tried to remember that I'm in it. I'm in it for the rest of my life. And so I just stayed with it, stayed open, allowed myself to be wrong. Um, be a good, uh, uh, collaborator, a good partner. Um, whenever I make decisions, it goes through the filter of my values, which is if I do this, um, what is the cost to my wife and to my children? That is the first filter, right? So even, you know, when we booked this... Heavy filter, big filter. When we book this, the first thing is to my wife, you know? Yeah. It's like, hey, you know, I didn't... I wasn't going to work at this time, but I think I'm going to do this. You know, is that, how do you feel about that, you know? I always think because the time that I was in school, my family bore a heavy cost. They, You know, they 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 didn't get to see me during that oh, time. Oh, for sure. You know, so... Um, I'm done making them pay for stuff, you know like that, so all of it comes through discussion and conversation and a commitment and a set of values that we agree on
0: yeah you you've you've really given me a different outlook on a few things honestly, and how you kind of said there because so to me and my setup, right, how you just said, even us sitting down here for an hour and a half or however long it is, you know you're you're thinking. And this goes back, obviously, roots of, you know, they've already paid with not seeing me. So if I'm not working, I'm trying to be home. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be much. with them. For me, it's a, uh, hey, I'm going to go do this podcast. Like, it's it's not a question. But again, we're not even there at the point where there's so much tenure in. Yeah. So where I'm not even seeing it, how you're you're so much seeing it. And when you just said it to me, it, it kind of spoke to me in the point of, damn, well, like an... Like an I, uh, hour and a half to me is an hour and a half, but to you or somebody else, it, it could mean so much deeper yeah. things. You know what I mean? So yeah. I really love that whole perspective, how you, how you kind of, you know, put it there. Um, and you also touched on a point that, that I really wanted to kind of stress. And it was, um, how you said that some days, you know, it was dark and it was grim, but you kept that mentality of, you know what, we're, we're in it for the long haul. And I know that she's worth it. There's a fine line there when it when it comes to that. And how about people that, you know, they stay in relationships, you know, for the wrong reasons. Or maybe it's abusive or just something that could be yeah. extreme. But they're thinking about those good times. When, and I mean your own professional opinion, when do you think enough is enough in the aspect of... Because we can all think of good times and yeah, you know, like this, this was great. When is enough enough to where somebody might say, you know what, I've invested eight years... I, I'm I, I'm not gonna lose that. I'm just gonna keep on pushing forward, even though it's super shitty. You know what I mean? Because I've I've had somebody close where they invested, I think it was close to a, a decade, but they were just like, you know what, I'm not happy. Like I'm I'm not here anymore. there was great times for the last seven years, but man, these, these three years have been trying on me. So at what point is it is enough enough, or is it you know what cut loose? Because people our biggest thing is time, right? And people hate wasting time. You know, I hate wasting time somebody that's five, six, seven years in, even two years in, you know, and they're like, you know what, I want to cut it or I should keep trying. What are some things that you can kind of say for parameters? I mean.
1: Well, a couple things. First, it, it, is there coercion? Is there yeah, abuse? Consent, is there yeah. violence? Oh, right? sorry, yeah. Coercion, abuse. Is there violence? Is there are there other issues, substance use? Is there, you know, so some of that stuff is important. Right. Right. Um, is there, you know, are there gambling problems? Are there, you know. You got to work through some of that stuff. Right. Right. Um, and it's not that if there are some of those things that uh, uh, a relationship can't survive it, but those are the pressing issues. Are there right. If there are safety issues, top priority. Definitely. Right. Can they be addressed or is it safer for the person to, uh, is it safer for the, the relationship to dissolve, to end? Yeah. So that would be criteria number one. Are there safety issues? Then you know you you were describing your friend. Your friend says, "I'm no longer happy." Okay. Well, tell me about that. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? What makes you happy? You know, a lot a, a lot of people um, will maybe sense or like feel sadness or misery. But what what do you attribute that to? What's the cause of that? Right. Is it is it your marriage? Have you know what do your conversations sound like? How are you? How are you resolving little issues throughout the day? Are you negotiating right. through problems that you have? Is you know, or is it as simple as she doesn't look like she used to? Mm. I mean, you know, so I, I would want to understand that a little bit better. What what is it that makes you happy? Now, if you can't articulate what makes you happy or what would make your relationship better, then you're not really contributing to it. You're just cutting and running. You're gonna try you're gonna yeah, and if and if that's your pattern, you're gonna do that again wherever you end up. Right. whether or it's whatever. one year or five years yeah yeah it's it, it, it's probably likely the result of some pattern of of relationship so how much are we willing to look at ourselves and examine ourselves and think about what makes us happy and what our needs are now if if I'm coming into the discussion you know you know here I don't think our relationship is working and here's what I think are issues right um we ha- we don't have sex anymore and I, that's important for me I right I, I, I need to I need to um, I need sex in my life, right? It's an important part of how I experience my humanity. I need, you know, it's an important need that I have. Um, you, you're, you're spending too much and we can't manage, we can't manage our lives the way that that works. Right. That's happening. I feel like I'm, I do too much around the house and I feel like we're not, we're not collaborating in the house, you know? So if I have some specific requests, okay, we can work on that. Right. And if we did work on those things, where would your happiness level be?
0: I mean, th- this kind of goes back to our whole c- communication thing as far as, so then even after we have that communication and things are still not working, you say, okay, now we can kind of see that we're, that we're trying, we're putting a uh, effort and we're, you know, trying different things. It's yeah. still not working. You know, you might feel a little bit better. Cause I mean, that's, that's also how I kind of think is like, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to just up and quit. You know, I want to try every single Avenue and if it still doesn't work. Okay. I feel a lot better because I've tried, I put my, my best foot forward. It just didn't work out. Yeah. So it, it, uh, it, it should have worked out.
1: You know what? And and honestly, love changes, man. You know, you uh, that passionate love that you have in that first year of a relationship, that type of relationship is the one that tends to wane, right. and a lot of and that passionate love is the one that's r- really intense, right? It has and and there. It has a, a certain physiological profile as well, right? Yeah. There's a lot of arousal, there's a lot of attraction, um, and it's a very st- that attraction is very strongly based on physical features, and there's the desire for contact, yeah. you know, and so we have a lot of that passionate love early on, but um, th- there are longer lasting like companionate love that has to do with emotional intimacy and a commitment to be with the person. Like these are two important components of of love as well. There's a the passion piece but you've also got to have emotional connection. You know, so let's say you're really attracted to each other and you're having great sex in that first year, but if you're not talking about how you feel, right. what's important to you, you know, the, the the visions and 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 passions that you have for your life. Right. Um there's probably some important element missing in your relationship and if there's really no strong desire to stay in the relationship for an extended period of time, that may be an issue as well
0: yeah because after that first year or what we kind of call the cupcake phase you know things obviously do kind of fizzle out for the f- not even say fizzle out but the that that whole kind of initial look and the physical thing they that kind of dies down so now it's getting to the meat and up in a potatoes. Like, okay what is it that we re- you know yeah. do i really like you do i really like talking to you? do i really yeah. like spending time with you do, do i want to make memories with you or things of that sort so yeah
1: what is our connection what what's is our, our actual connection to, to aside from physical because yeah.
0: i mean if you had to attribute physical in a long lasting relationship you would say what thirty percent of that is you know pertains to that where I like sex you mean? Yeah. Or just or even like, you know, just touching or you know anything. Whereas like the other seventy that actually makes up a long lasting one would be communication or you know, personality or you know, how we kind of connect together on a deeper level versus just sex or you know, whatever you
1: pertain to sex being. Yeah. Yeah. How do do it can I can I communicate to you how I feel can I communicate to you what I you. think about yeah. and how what what was you know do you understand fully what my relationship with my father was like with my mother can I talk to you about those injuries yeah. and those you know happy moments and are you a person that I can share that with you, you know what like, like so many people come home from work and their spouses ask them yeah how's your day and the response is often like ah, good or same old right or, there's no real response to that question. But it's a question. How was your day? Answer the damn question. Yeah. How was yeah. your day? That's true. Sit down for a second and and fully answer that question. You'll see something, even in that just that one simple act, you'll see something change. You know, Crazy. here's something for you. Um think about your relationship. Uh think about what your week is, any any given week is like in your relationship. Can you think of one tiny, tiny, tiny thing. And I'm not going to ask you to tell me what it is. Just seek it in your mind. Can you tell me one, one, one thing, a very small that requires little effort and no cost, one little thing that you could do that would slightly improve your relationship? Yes. Right. Do that one thing. Just do it. Just the one thing. That's all. And what you start to see is how little things can have an impact. You know, Just pay a little more attention.
0: And how they kind of add up. They do. I like that.
1: And Jorge. I racked up like four of those today, man. No, no, that's <laughs> it. You're the truth.
0: Listen, you're the truth. Uh, Jorge, I want to thank you for coming on to our Think Forward podcast, obviously. Um, really, really great discussion. It was really amazing. You really kind of opened my eyes to a, a, a few things, which is not rare. or It's not common, you know, so I, I, I really do always appreciate when I speak to somebody that can kind of you know touch my intellect in a different way and you know kind of go from there uh, i I do want to give a shout out to the fifth floor here in Avalon park we were actually filming out of so thank you again to the fifth floor and yeah, to Avalon park for the continued support and um Jorge where can they find you at online or you have a Instagram yeah. Facebook and email
1: uh, I told you I'm 44 right <laughs> hey, okay so, so um, address home address <laughs> yeah that's right where you can mail me letters. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I am, uh, well, I teach at Valencia College at the Osceola campus. So if you are a student, you can you can find me there at jvalladares1 at valenciacollege.edu. If you need some help getting into college, getting the process started, um, and you're afraid to walk through the doors, send me an email. I'm happy to help you with those first steps. Um, if you are looking for psychotherapy services, I have a private practice here on the fifth floor. Yes, sir. I see just a few clients here, here and there who could use my services. Um, and if you want to contact me for counseling services, you can reach me at Jorge, J-O-R-G-E, at ariacounseling.com.
0: And we'll have all that information in the uh, bio down below. And yes, guys, check him out. He also does do telehealth and he also is a therapist on our network for the Projecting Forward Foundation. Jorge, again, thank you so much. We look forward to talking to you again very soon. And uh, other than that, we're all set to go. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Abel. Of course.